your weekly educational coffee is about to be served. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Educational experts from all around the world are sharing some coffee and ideas with you. It's Teacher's Coffee with Natasha and George. Hello everyone. Hello Nick. Hello George. Oh, did I did I spoil the surprise? I'm so sorry. Hello George only. <laughs> Come on, it's not a it's not a spoiler. It's not a surprise because we have already uploaded the banners. People know that we have the one and only the amazing Nick, and I'm sure there are many people out there who are expecting this interview. So Nick Michelioudakis, welcome to another Teachers Coffee. Thank you so much, George. Thank you, Natasha. What I said before, I mean it because uh, you are not just simply a guest. You are a good friend of this show. You have been several times before. Uh, of course, I know under, under, under other different conditions, we were at the studio, we were able to record professionally, but now we need to have this remotely. But Anyway, I think the essence remains the same. So I, I bet you have some really interesting things for us today to share as well, as always. Yeah, thank you so much, George. You're very kind. You're too kind. Um, yeah, it's, it's true. I, I love the program. I love the hosts. So yeah, and I, I hope I do have one or two interesting things to share. Okay, I would like to start with like an introspective, um, like um, a question that refers to you. And obviously, you will soon realize where I'm heading to with this question, but how will you describe your character? Well, now, in interesting you should say that. I was just thinking about if, if I were to redesign my, my card, my business card, yeah, it would read Nick Michelioudakis, hunter-gatherer. Which is a bit of a funny title, of course, I know. But I, I think this perfectly encapsulates where the way I think of myself and what I think I can offer to the field. As, as you know, what I um, often do is I, I tend to read a lot of books beyond DLT. And I tend to collect ideas, you see. So if I come across something interesting, I collect it. That's a gathering bit. But as you also know... I'm much more active than that, so I will actively go up to people and say, okay, do you have any interesting stories? Or, or you are a manager. Um, how do you make things run in your company? So that's the hunting bit, yeah? That's how I think of myself, and that's what I think my greatest contribution can be to the field. By the way, I'd be very interested to hear, you know, uh, how you think of yourself, and, and same for Natasha. Well, if I have to describe myself and, you know, create this card that you said, I would 
I would say that I'm a facilitator in a way or um, a team maker, not a leader necessarily, but I like bringing people together, connecting people, Absolutely. more or less like, yeah, the same like you do. Natasha? Well, I would say I would say that I, I I consider myself as a communicator. I I love communication by all means. A brilliant communicator, if I may add the adjective. So she said, when it comes to communication, I think Natasha is you know uh, one of the top people who comes to mind. Of course, thank you, thank you. But you know, Nick, saying all this, I, I, I think these, um, these words, in a way, pave the way for another interesting story from you, because I can confirm exactly that. I must say, you are my friend, you are a person I love spending time with and sharing and talking, but I think that your value is exactly what you said. You, you are such a bookworm, you read so much, and you always something interesting to share. Maybe a story. Would that be the case today? Do you have a good story for us to share? Absolutely. Thank you so much for your kind words again, George. It's true. It's true. I, I am a bit of a bookworm, which says a lot about my social life, which is practically non-existent. But on the plus side, I, I do have something. Uh, I would like to share with you the story of the Hotel Casablanca. Does it have to do with the famous movie or um, the city, the Moroccan city? Uh, absolutely, it does, as a matter of fact. The Hotel Casablanca is a hotel, it's, it's a small hotel in New York. And yeah, the decoration is uh, uh, harkens back to the movie, you know, the movie Casablanca, Humphrey Bergman, Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, and so on. Well, I'd love to listen to that, Nick, because I'm always fond of your stories. You know that. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Hotel Casablanca is a remarkable hotel in the sense that it's nothing special. I mean, the rooms are not huge and the facilities are nothing special. And yet, if you look at TripAdvisor, you will notice that about 90% of the reviews give it five stars. And, and there are about only 3% of the reviews give it three stars or less. The Hotel Casablanca has been in the top five hotels in New York for the past 10 years. And very often it's in uh, the number one position. And this is incredible. So what is so special about this uh, hotel? Are you getting any commission from the hotel manager? <laughs> no, 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 no commissions, unfortunately. No, 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 it's perhaps something I, I should start thinking about, you know, at least for the books. You know, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's remarkable. It, it, it all comes down to one really special woman. Her name is Adele Goodman, and she, she was the, the one who actually uh, managed to make it so successful, along with a number of other uh, hotels in the same chain. And, and Adele Goodman had this idea, okay, that, and which, an idea that I love, that instead of focusing on what the hotel offers, and if you think about it from the point of view of the customer, uh, you think about well, rooms and facilities and so she said, no, 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 let's focus on the people instead. And what was this idea of Adele? Can you expand a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it was amazing. She's, she started, she made a plan and she said, okay, 
Let's have a look at the contact points. Let's have a look at the point where the guest uh, comes in contact with the hotel, with the staff and the organization. And that begins even before you actually make a booking. What you are going to do as a prospective guest is you are going to go on TripAdvisor and have a look at the reviews, right? And then you're going to go on the site and so on. So she made a list of all the points. There's the check-in, there's the time when you're going to come down for breakfast and so on and so forth. And what she said, okay, let's make sure that, I'm, that everything is smooth and there are no problems at any of these points. But more importantly, she said, let's try and focus on, on the customer. For example, when you get to the hotel, okay, you, with your luggage and everything, they take you to your room and the bellboy, uh, so uh, the guy who carries your bags, they've been trained to keep an eye on you and when you open the door and you look at the room to gauge, you know, your reaction, if you appear not to be happy, okay, they, they, they are going to tell the manager and the manager is going to call you on the phone. Fantastic or what? Are you happy with your room? If you don't like it, perhaps we could switch you to another room. This is amazing. And by the way, even before you get to New York, they're going to call you on the phone. And they're going to ask you, is this the first time in New York? Perhaps or is there anything special you would like us to arrange before you arrive and so on? And when you're there, they won't wait for you to ask them. I mean, like, could you recommend any restaurant near here? What are the sites near here? No, no, no. They will come up to you and say, okay, we want to make sure that you have a lovely time here. So do tell us I mean, if there's any restaurant that you would like us to recommend, if you have any sites you would like us to recommend, if you would like us to call you a cab or whatever, we are here for you. So, you know, they, they have the constantly monitoring people and trying to help them, trying to make sure that they have a, um, you know, that their experience is a positive experience. Okay, uh, you're talking about uh, something like TripAdvisor, if I'm not mistaken. But is there anything, su is there anything such as uh, school advisor? Because that's what you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, is this interesting now? Yeah, because of this and other things which I'm going to mention in a minute. Uh, so the Hotel Casablanca gets top uh, ratings in TripAdvisor. Now, think about it. So far, there's no school advisor, but things are changing. Okay, things are changing all the time. For example, there, are, there is a site called Rate My Teacher, okay, where students are encouraged to rate their university professors and so on and, and write comments about them and so on. So we are getting there. The customer is getting a voice. Gone are the days when you could give uh, the customer any, anything you wanted and there was no way for them to get back at you. Now, they have a voice, yeah? And people look at these sites and I'm sure that in the very near future, we are going to have a school advisor. And then of course, it'll be down to the, to the institution to make sure that they get good ratings. How can you do that? And notice, this is what I loved about the Hotel Casablanca, that they were so successful, not by improving the quality of their services, but by focusing on the people. And this is an idea. So perhaps this should suggest a shift for us as well. Because as teachers and as schools, I mean, normally we think about, okay, how can I teach English better? How can I teach the passive voice better? How can I structure the syllabus? How can I make sure that I have the top course book? This is not what Adele Goodman did. 
Sonic Sorify, I, I will sound like the bad cop here or playing devil's advocate, but are you actually suggesting that we should be focusing on eliminating what might displease the students? Is that the core of the idea here? That's part of it. Making sure that there, there, there is no problem which might um, uh, cause them to be dissatisfied. I remember with the British Council, for example, some years back, if you wanted to register, if you wanted to register for the ILTS exam, you had to stand in line to wait in a queue, you know, for like hours and hours. It was terrible. And this had nothing to do with the teaching and the quality of the service of the teacher and everything. But you can imagine the impact this might have, you know, on students or the parents who would come to register the kids, yeah? So this is one thing. But there's another thing as well. This is also to maximize the moment when, and you have read, of course, The Power of Moments. You know how important this is. The moments of wonder during this, where people, you know, go, wow, you know, this is fantastic. Wow, this is amazing. Adele has a special terms, uh, term for this. She calls it sprinkling sunshine. Okay, so you, your, your job as a, a member of staff is to sprinkle sunshine on, on the guest day. Isn't this amazing? So, if I'm not mistaken, you're suggesting that we simply try, you know, to game the system and try to get top ratings instead of providing or providing quality work. Because, okay, if we only focus on, you know, eliminating the negative reviews, uh, then this is something too personal. I mean, we will work in a very egocentric way. Um, or do you have another suggestion that is more student-centered? Well, well, there is a risk, as you know, and this is also the case with TripAdvisor. Some people can game the system. For example, you can get all your relatives to write positive reviews about your restaurant or your friends. The same could be to, you know, the schools. Or you might say, okay, so the school that employs top models are going to get, uh, is going to get, you know, top reviews. Or if, if the teachers uh, never force students and so on, they're too lenient they're going to get top ratings. There is such a risk. But think about it. This already happens with TripAdvisor. And yet, I'm sure that before you go to a restaurant, you still check to see, yeah, TripAdvisor or the Amazon reviews. I always do that when I order books. So this is a risk, but I still believe that it will be something useful. So for example, if I were if I were a parent, I was looking at a school in my area, and I said, okay, Pabulato Blajo, they have, I don't know, 2,800 positive reviews, five-star uh, Okay, it must be good. Yes, some of these may be friends and relatives, but I mean, seriously, you get the idea. Okay, okay, I think I get the idea, but um, okay, so... Um, what do you believe that what do, would you mean that that what would mean that for for the teacher i mean what would she have to do differently i mean goodman and maybe a teacher and so in order to to make this work for the education process well let me tell you something else a couple of other things that goodman did and you'll see the implications another thing that she did is like i said the, the staff are specially trained so, for example, if there is a complaint, first of all, they make a note of the complaint. They take action immediately and they don't just fix a problem. They try to overwhelm you with good, 
they don't just fix your your problem they try to make up for example for your displeasure or whatever and here's another interesting point uh, Adele Goodman created a special contact point for the staff and the guests okay so in the evenings throughout the day there is free coffee and cookies in the lounge but in the evening say that eight o'clock for example after eight there's free wine and free cheese a selection of cheeses and snacks like that so people are encouraged to come down to the lounge now the idea is here is not to give people a freebie the idea is to uh, get the staff to interact with the people to take their temperature are they happy are they satisfied is there any problem so you crack a joke with them you mingle you engage with them and you find out if there is a problem you can help them perhaps you get the idea so i've been thinking that this is something that we can make use of and you asked me about the what the teacher can do there are there are two small ideas and one big idea the small ideas would be for the teacher perhaps to stop thinking so much in terms of lessons and lesson plans okay and instead of thinking about language points and how i'm going to teach the passive and the activities i'm going to do perhaps the teacher should be thinking about how can i make the lesson more interesting okay and and how can i uh, get the students to play a game perhaps how can i give them something some interesting material that they will want to talk about with their friends never mind the language bit you give them an interesting text yeah so this is one thing and another thing because we're talking about focusing on the individual right up to now what happens is that the teacher keeps a record of what she has done in class and what she has taught in order to prepare tests and so on and so forth now here's a question for you does any teacher have special files for each of the students that's a change that that uh, uh, the Adele approach would suggest so imagine for example that I'm a teacher and I make notes oh Jane she likes animals she loves pets um, uh, Sheila she's a bit shy perhaps I should try to get her to mingle more or uh, Costas he's very much into video games or uh, George he loves humor perhaps I should bring some funny stuff in class these observations have nothing to do with the language level but it has everything to do with whether my lessons are going to satisfy these students. Well, that's an ideal uh, lesson you're describing right now because, um, you know, we tend to focus mostly on what we have to teach for the next lesson language-wise and we keep forgetting, you know, the emotional side and the preferences as well. So I think that should be a good idea and also maybe it's the big idea of the lesson target. Right? Hang on, hang on. Sorry. Nick? Sorry, sorry. Yes, uh, I, wonder, I was wondering whether George wanted to say something. There, there is another big idea. Now, this is the big idea that I, I, I was thinking about, you know, when I, when I read about uh, this case study. Imagine now a big school. Imagine a school like the British Council, for example, or the Derry College, downtown campus, or again, the Pagulatu Vlahu School, okay? So imagine the, the, the rooms, the various classrooms, and imagine a big space somewhere where students can wait or they ha they can hang out you know during the break okay so you have that space and you encourage students to come to class 
before the lesson starts and to spend time there even after the lessons. And you have free coffee, you have some Nespresso machines and cookies and things like that and soft drinks maybe. And then you employ two or three extra people, cheery extroverts, and their task is going to be to engage with the students, speaking to them in English, yeah, to circulate, to engage with them, to ask for feedback. So how's your teacher? Do you like the lesson so far? You know, take the student's temperature. And the same with the parents, because the parents are going to be coming there to wait for, for, for their kids uh, to finish the lesson. So they, these people, they can engage them. Not only that, they could give people tips about uh, strategies. Okay, oh, you have a problem with your pronunciation. Let me tell you what I did, and it's helped me a great deal. Or they can give them tips about sites and, and, and uh, tools that they can use. They could also engage in positive gossiping. You know, oh, uh, Kate, Natasha was telling me about you. I mean, you did wonderfully in the last test. And she said, you are such a helpful person, you know, during the class. Now, you can imagine how Kate is going to feel towards her teacher, Natasha. And they could also engage in uh, praising, you know, the, the teachers. So, oh, you have George. Oh, George, is, he's amazing. You know, he's... He's so widely read and he's got an interest in everything. Do you know that he's traveled all over the world? Because this thing would create expectations. And of course, positive expectations can act as self-fulfilling prophecies. So, and you can imagine that this is something that could set the school apart. Because unfortunately, the market, they don't know how to evaluate good teaching. They don't know about linguistics. They don't know about methodology. But this would be something, uh, the, the, a USP, okay, unique selling point. This is a school where students are encouraged to use the language outside the classroom. Okay, and, and they, the people are prepared to pay two or three people to engage with them. You get the idea. I think now, Nick, after this explanation, I have it very clear, the idea. Goodman's uh, strategy, let's say, it's not about creating teachers who are appealing to the students is about getting the teachers becoming more interested in what the students want which is a you know it looks like the first one in the beginning like trying to um, appeal to the tastes or the wants or you know the needs of the students but it's not like that it's about getting the teachers getting more interested right absolutely absolutely and moving away from Oh, what I have to do, you know, as the teacher, oh, I have to think of activities, I have to mark the homework, I have to do the test, and focusing more and more on, on what matters, which is, of course, the people, yeah, the students. So how can I get, and, and the idea being, how can I get them perhaps more interested so that they want to come to my lessons? Do you, you see what I mean? Absolutely. And since you mentioned it, I must say that I was, uh, this is something totally new that I didn't know. And what I'm going to tell you right now, I have double checked it directly with uh, its creator and author. Um, we had, uh, maybe people know, Rachel Spaling's The Fifth Neurolanguage Neuroheart Education Conference last week. And the first speaker was Angela Myers. She's one of the top coaches. Um, not exactly very much in education, but she deals a lot with schools and education. And what is mind-blowing, and you can check it out, she has made a survey with 500,000 students in the UK. And she asked them, all of them, 
uh, in the U.S., I'm sorry, one question. What would make you run to school? What would make you like crazy want to go to school? Now, can you take the guess, a guess, both of you, what was the most popular answer to this question from the kids? We're talking about primary school from 5 to 12. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say perhaps, uh, I don't know, the teacher may be wanting to see the teacher or, or you know, being friendly with the teacher. Yeah, just an idea. It's very closely connected yeah. to what... Ah, come on. Yeah, well, I've, I also thought it, it should be the teacher, but also maybe content-wise. I mean, uh, if the content of the lessons and whatever they do is close to their interests and needs, probably. Well, 70% of these kids, more or less, Nick said, in other words, what you have just told us about Goodman theory, they want to be heard. They want the floor. They want somebody, you know, to pay attention to them and simply let them talk or say their opinion, which is, I think what you have just described through Goodman's idea, it offers this context of, you know, getting closer to people and Uh, yeah, interact with them, allow them to talk, to speak, express what they want, actually, which I think it's a very related idea to what you have just said. Fantastic. This is fantastic. This is exactly, yeah, uh, what, the, what this idea is all about, you know, the idea of creating the space and, and getting people to engage with them and ask them for their opinion without putting them on the spot, which is what can happen sometimes in, in the classroom. When the teacher asks you, you know, what do you think, Maria? You know, it, it's something in an informal context where you get to contribute if you want to. But most people do want to. Exactly as you told us about uh, Myers, you know, the, this, this is what the student said. You know, we want to be heard. And, and of course, they would like teachers, you know, to ask them for their opinion and to ask them about things that interest them and, and things about their personal life. And pe people, they love talking and they love talking about themselves. Okay, excellent. Uh, these, these are lovely ideas, my two, my two lovely friends. Uh, Nick, I think we get it now. Uh, so, uh, is there anything, it's, it's enough food for thought for one show, I have to say. And uh, is there anything, last, any last thing you would like to leave us with? Yes, okay, you, you know, I always um, like to close with something hopefully memorable. And this is something I came across the other day while I was reading, an, uh, reading a book on evolutionary psychiatry, believe it or not. And it's a quote by Albert Einstein. And, and at some point he had said, if I had an hour to solve a problem and my life depended on it, I would spend the first 55 minutes trying to figure out the right question to ask and only the last five minutes trying to answer this question so this is it set me thinking so my my question is uh, are we asking ourselves the right question what is the right question for us teachers and if you ask most more teachers they would say something like uh, how can I teach better English or how can I teach the grammar better or something like that When in fact, I believe the right question is something like, how can I engage my students? How can I get my students to love the language? So yeah, this is uh, the closing thought that I would like to share with you. 
That's really lovely and very useful, and I totally agree with you. I always like the morals uh, that you use at the end of your articles and at the end of today's show, too. Yeah, thank you, Natasha. It's, it's all in accordance with the other thing that I'd uh, share with you the last time here, that this uh, action that we are not in the language business teaching people, we're in the people business teaching languages. Oh, Nick, I couldn't agree more. And this is, you know, my motto, not only since the first moment that, you know, we hooked together, but, uh, you know, since uh, the, the very first time that I thought that as a trainer and a teacher and a person in education needs to have a mentality, I, I always say, and I think Natasha will agree, we need to borrow, we need to get things from other fields that they have. They're so insightful, like the things you told us today, and we can integrate them into education. Uh, and yes, I could agree more. And thank you very much for sharing such insightful thoughts one more time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, George. And thank you so much, Natasha. It's always a pleasure being with you. And uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Okay. I, I, I love the session today. And if you like Nick's views a lot, like we do, you can also visit Teacher's Corner because every month we have brilliant articles of his and uh, I'm really fascinated when I have to edit things before I upload his articles because I know that there is always going to be something like a cookie at the end, a surprise for me and for the rest of the people that actually read uh, Nick and follow him. So Nick, thank you very much as well. Thank you guys, thank you. And until next time, that we're going to have another special guest that we have booked just before we start this uh, show with Nick. I'm not going to say more. You know, let's give it as a surprise, Natasha. What do you think? I agree with you, George. Yes, let's keep a surprise for the next time. <laughs> and until next time, it's uh, goodbye from me and have a lovely, lovely, lovely weekend. And it's goodbye from me as well. And don't forget to follow us on Mixcloud and join our Teachers Coffee group on Facebook. Let's all stay together connected.